And we are back again with the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. I'm excited to be talking to you guys today about our week two recap. Uh, a lot of things happened this week, and I am very excited to go over that with you guys. Uh, some breaking news right when I'm recording this podcast comes across uh, the the desk, right? Comes across that uh, good old ESPN, Fox Sports, or uh, CBS Sports app, whatever you like to use. Uh, Scott Frost being let go as the Nebraska head football coach. So I had to throw out all of my plans what I was going to be talking today. And then we're going to be diving in a little bit to that. On top of it, we're going to be talking about where we were right and where we were wrong uh, as far as uh, the bets for week two. Uh, and uh, a lot of both, honestly. We, we, we did really, really well uh, trying to, to bring some of those numbers up. And uh, we're going to get in uh, maybe just a little bit, a sneak peek into the preview of uh, you know our next podcast, which would be the preview for week three. A lot to get into. So, like I said, I'm I'm sitting there. Uh, turn on uh, you know the good old NFL. Uh, I'm excited to to watch the NFL Sunday morning. I stayed up late. I was watching the Baylor BYU game. Goes into double overtime. Uh, you guys know how it goes with with those kinds of things. So, uh, I get an alert. From that uh, handy-dandy app, you know, going through Twitter, I'm trying to fix my fantasy football lineup, not expecting anything to come down uh, from the University of Nebraska, uh, and all of a sudden, bam, Nebraska fires Scott Frost, and and rightfully so. I I don't mean to, to, you know, beat a guy when he's down and, and obviously being let go and everything has to be tough. There was a really interesting statistic, and, and then we're going to kind of dive into to what, I guess, what went wrong. And then honestly, I don't know if we're going to talk about Nebraska uh, the rest of the time on this podcast, just because they're not interesting. Uh, they, they've been truly downright terrible the last couple of years, and there's obviously reasons for that. So um, in the last five seasons... 64 of the 66 Power 5 programs have made a bowl game in the last five years. So we're in 2022. So from 2017 to 2022, maybe this guy's going, you know, maybe the stats going back to 2016, technically bowl game, whatever, right? Two programs have not made a bowl game of the, of the Power 5, right? Those teams are Kansas and Nebraska. This was the worst five-year span in Nebraska history since 1957 to 1961. That is absolutely bananas and growing up you see my dad is a really big michigan fan and so uh you know nebraska was in the big 12 at the time but he always talked about how great nebraska was and how he didn't like them because they were uh, quote unquote the alabama like when he was growing up and so it, it's sad that the generation and, and i've gone back and watched old uh film that's my kind of guilty pleasure uh but it's sad that this generation doesn't remember how dominant Nebraska is. What is there in Nebraska besides corn Husker football? I mean, honestly, they don't have any kind of professional teams. They've got a lot of corn, and they have the Nebraska corn Huskers, right? And they sell out that stadium, you know, good, bad, and ugly, but it is getting downright awful out there in Nebraska right now. And so, obviously, I thought the Scott... Frost hire was kind of preemptive. I didn't think that it was the right move. I had understood that he had went, you know, he had been at UCF 
for just two years. And what, what really is kind of uh, overlooked here when, when we're talking about the, that UCF Scott Frost era was that he was only there for two years. His first year, he went six and seven, which obviously uh, UCF is happy because it was an upgrade from 0 and 12. But in 2017, they go 13 and 0 and go on this miraculous run, right? Those weren't Scott Frost's kids. George O'Leary did the, the recruiting, and George O'Leary was an absolute staple at UCF. He had been there since 2004, let go in 2015. He had two years, right? So the first year, he, he kind of just kind of turns the program around. Then he goes on this miraculous run. And as I've stated before, uh, growing up, I, you know, I loved the University of Utah. I loved watching uh, Boise State play. I loved watching TCU. And those were the teams that that we watch. We love the the Buster, right? The people that are going to be going up against the uh, against the big dogs, taking them down. Uh, obviously, we saw Appalachian State do it again in Texas A&M. We we like that. And uh, sometimes these teams they have short runways where they're just absolutely amazing during that time, and then they kind of just fade into the background, right? And it kind of feels like UCF has done that. Now, they've maintained, they've done all right, Gus Malazan's there now. But you look afterwards, they had a really special season, and you've just got to accept it that was a special season. So I thought it was kind of preemptive for Nebraska to then uh, hire Scott Frost in the first place, thinking, and I understand alumni uh, going back to the alma mater, why would you not? I mean, I'm, I'm not blaming Frost. I think it's more so Nebraska that it was a flashy new piece in the pan, and instead of, you know, sticking with what you, you know, what was kind of working, you go down a five-year span where you didn't even go to one bowl game. Say what you want about Mike Riley and, and Bo Pelini, but those guys at least went to bowl games. The last bowl game that Nebraska has gone to was in 2016 with Mike Riley. And so, and I understand you might be like, oh, you know, it's Riley's fault for the recruiting, but no, Scott Frost had more than enough runway. He had more than enough capabilities, and you have an absolute in embarrassment of a, a showdown against Georgia Southern of all teams. I mean, Georgia Southern, it wasn't, it wasn't even, it wasn't a power five team. It was Georgia freaking Southern was able to go down and push you guys around. In Lincoln, Nebraska, when you look, this Georgia Southern team won three games last year and they go in and push you all around. That is absolutely embarrassing. And I understand they have Clay Hilton as the head coach. Give him kudos. He did do it. Um, I think sometimes it's more important uh, to focus on the positives. But but honestly, it's it's now become near irrelevance. Uh, I hope that whomever they hire next can bring them at least back to uh, relevance, right? I'm, I'm done talking about just a bad football team, uh, and, and that's what they are right now. They were unable to really put away North Dakota, uh, who, who didn't even make the playoffs last year in the FCS, and... I mean, a decent FCS team, but you, you're Nebraska. You should have hung, you know, 68, 70 points on them. And then you're looking at it. You're going, you've got Oklahoma at home, which I'm going to say is a loss. And then now you're sitting there. You've got a bye week. You're one and, you're, uh, one and three. 
Obviously not where you want, but teams like Illinois, teams like Rutgers, teams like Purdue are just chomping at the bit to take a take a slice out of you. And honestly, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how the rest of the year uh, rolls out if these if their players have any kind of fight. Obviously, I, I never want to advocate for somebody getting fired. I, I, I don't like that at all because could you imagine if someone came up to you at your job and was like, oh, man, you, you know, you crazy SOB. We, we, we need to fire you because you didn't do what was correct on uh, uh, on those uh, quarterly reports, like that's crazy, right? And and sports is the one place where like people want to get fired. I don't want to talk about that. I don't even like talking about contracts uh, when you get into stuff like that because that that's honestly not super entertaining and, and honestly it doesn't apply to me. But what applies is is when it does happen. How do you react? How does the team react? And you know, for all you Husker fans out there, we've got a pretty good following of Husker fans. I'm sorry that uh, you, you know, you've had this. You're, you're going to go through another really uh, difficult season, I guess. Uh, you know, hopefully you can, you can maybe turn it around, maybe get a little bit of fire. Sometimes these things work out for the better. Uh, we'll see. Yet to be seen, but uh, we'll for sure keep an eye on that. I know we kind of spent a little bit of time, but like I said, I don't know if, if Nebraska continues to churn out these ugly losses. I, I don't know if, if I'll be able to talk about them. So we're kind of just going to let, let that sail into the sunset. Let Scott Frost go. Uh, you know, wish him all the best, and hopefully Husker fans will be able to feel better about their team going forward. Uh, the other thing, the, the big thing I was going to be talking about today is the utter embarrassment that is the Iowa offense. Uh, luckily, you know, they skate by some criticism that they just lost to an in-state rival uh, at home by only scoring seven points again, uh, and Iowa State was able to upset Iowa. I thought Iowa was going to handle them. It always seems like uh, when the when the Cyclones, you know, have a good team, the Hawkeyes are always able to put them into into their place. But uh, there's there's a little bit of panic on on that side of the conference. You got Nebraska, you know, all out of sorts. You've got Iowa, who's only scored 14 points in in two games, right? And come on, there were two safeties and a field goal against an FCS team, right? And then you have Wisconsin who ends up losing to Wazoo. Definitely not a good spot, not a bright spot uh, for that side of the conference. And like I said, this is why I was talking so much about Illinois, why I was talking about Northwestern, was that I didn't think the top was very strong. I thought Minnesota was the most well-rounded team out of that side of the conference, but Purdue can make a run now. Uh, You know, Illinois... We'll have to see. They just beat down pretty good on Virginia. Excited to see, uh, you know, what they're what they're capable of going forward. But uh, absolutely insane that side of the conference right now. The last thing before we get into our, our betting lines that I really wanted to touch on was was, I, was a, a person had had posted on Twitter, you know, uh, after the loss that Notre Dame had against Marshall. Uh, what would Marshall do against Ohio State? Um, at least on this podcast. Uh, and, and, and how I think college football is never a one-to-one equation, right? It's totally given day, given time, preparation, uh, even people, you know, even players, healthy, not healthy coaches, all of that plays into it. And so uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's spinning tires in the mud. Super fun to do, to go out with your buddies and just go and just in your trucks and just roll through the mud. But it really doesn't have any effect because I think Ohio State would absolutely beat down on Marshall. Kind of an embarrassment, though, if you're, if you're Notre Dame. I know they're not part of the Big Ten, but someone had asked that. 
you know, forget that. Uh, I, you know, I'd love to see Ohio State play Marshall because I think Ohio State would absolutely dominate them. Um, and, and Ohio State did against against Arkansas State th- this week, right? They played really well, and it's like, well, Arkansas State, you know, they lost by 32 points, and uh, and another team that they played lost to Michigan by by 41 points, and Arkansas State beat that team by seven. So that means that Ohio State is is now three points better than Michigan. Don't ever go down that road uh, because. Any given week in college football, we saw this last week with the top, uh, you know, top twenty-five. Any given week, Texas A&M can lose. Any given week, Florida can lose. Any given week, Utah lost to Florida. Right? Any given week, it can happen to your team if you're not prepared. And that's why I love the idea of the twelve-team playoff because any given week, someone can knock somebody off. I mean, Texas was so close to beating Alabama. Any given week, so. Anyway, so let's, we're going to jump into, uh, you know, good bets, bad bets as far as, um, you know, w- what we told you guys uh, with the lines and everything. So to start out, we had right on uh, Minnesota, both the spread and the money line. Penn State, we were right on both. Uh, Arkansas State, we were right. We took, we said take 44 and a half points. Uh, Arkansas State covered, kind of a crazy number. And we were right on the Ohio State money line. The Maryland money line, the Illinois money line. Right, both on Michigan State, 35, minus 35, and the money line with them. Purdue, right on both. Rutgers, right on both. We were right with Georgia Southern, plus 21. Didn't think that they would actually beat uh, Nebraska, but we were right. We took Duke, plus 8. I thought that that uh, Northwestern would win, but we were right there. We were right on the Michigan money line. Uh, that was like an absolute, that was a crazy uh, a line that, I, that, that we discussed, right? Uh, and it even got crazier. It was up to, I think when we talked, it was like 49 points was right at the line there. And uh, I think it ballooned all the way up to like 56. Uh, and then we said Indiana money line. Uh, and then Idaho, we didn't actually get an, an actual line, uh, but just based on that, we were right there. Uh, some of the th- things we were wrong, we were dead wrong on the Wisconsin both the spread and the money line. Charlotte, uh, I thought they would cover. UVA, I thought they would cover. Uh, Illinois blew them out, which is good. Uh, Iowa, wrong on both. Nebraska, wrong on the money line. Wrong on Northwestern. And then wrong uh, on Michigan, uh, minus 48 and a half. So that brings, uh, last week we were 9 and 5 on the spread, uh, 10 and 4 on the money line. Obviously, I did not expect Wisconsin and Iowa nor Nebraska to be upset. I knew that Northwestern there was a possibility. I thought it was going to be closer. They had a chance to do it, but uh, they end up falling to the Blue Devils of Duke. So uh, that brings our season totals up to 15 and 10 on the spread and 19 and 6 on the money line. And something that I'm really excited looking forward we are almost out of the non-conference games. I mean, next week's kind of like one of the last weeks. I mean, there are a few, uh, you know, a few here and there games uh, throughout the season, kind of just littered uh, throughout the year. Like, you know, Illinois obviously played uh, Indiana, uh, Purdue played Penn State. So we'll get some things. We've got a lot of big games coming up this next week. Everyone's going to be talking about the Penn State-Auburn game, and we'll probably spend quite a bit of time on that uh, on Thursday when we release this podcast or or, or the next, you know, the, the preview of uh, week three. Uh, there's a lot of intriguing games and a lot of lines that I'm really, I'm really liking. Uh, Syracuse-Purdue, uh, that might not get as much hype nationally on this podcast. That is going to be huge. Syracuse beat down on Illinois to start off the season. That could be very intriguing. Purdue on the road 
Uh, and I'm really excited to, to talk about that game going forward. Obviously, Penn State, Auburn, uh, Minnesota, Colorado. Minnesota has had a very easy start to the season, playing New Mexico State and Western Illinois. I think they'll handle Colorado. Colorado just got worked by Air Force, but an, an intriguing game nonetheless, uh, right? And then another game that's not going to get a lot of talk. Uh, you know, we kind of have two games that, that are going to be talked about, two that won't. SMU against Maryland. Maryland's been playing good. They've been definitely under the radar. They beat Buffalo. They beat Charlotte. Now they're playing home against SMU, and SMU is a frisky little team. Uh, they've beat North Texas and Lamar by you know putting up forty uh, over. 42 points each game, uh, 45 and 48. Now, again, it's Lamar in North Texas. I can understand your argument there. I'm, you know, no arguments for me here. But that is a very intriguing game for me because I really think that uh, SMU can match that athleticism on the edges with Maryland and really how it's going to be uh, – how it's going to be taken. Uh, the opening line, they've already actually set the opening line here, which I think is really interesting, minus two. So uh, we'll see how that line kind of fluctuates throughout the week as uh, more money begins to come on. Another one, obviously Washington against Michigan State. Michigan State traveling across country to Seattle. Uh, that can be a dangerous, dangerous game. Right now, uh, the opening line, they did just popped up on my app here. Uh, minus one for Sparty. Uh, Washington is is a really interesting team. Uh, they haven't really been tested yet this year. First year head coach uh, at Washington. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how uh, Mel Tucker handles that. And then Iowa against Nevada. Are we actually going to see an Iowa team to be able to put up points because their offense has absolutely stalled uh defense phenomenal which is great and they say defense wins championships but guess what so do putting points on the board and you're not going to win a game uh you know only scoring seven points i guess you did against an fcs foe but you're not going to when you're playing a uh you know a, a good team obviously and iowa state in my opinion is down this year so that was a really ugly loss uh hopefully that they'll be able to bounce back um the last thing to kind of send it off that I find uh, really interesting is we have, uh, we did get a report last night that Cade McNamara will not start against Utah, or UConn, sorry, not Utah, UConn. Uh, JJ McCarthy will be the quarterback for Michigan. Something to keep an eye on. Uh, I mean, obviously, I love, I love both guys. I think that... Uh, I think McNamara is kind of your field general. I think he's a really good leader. Uh, and J.J. McCarthy just has some moments of wow. And uh, I know Michigan hasn't really played the toughest schedule. A lot of people have kind of pounded on that. You know, you're playing two Mountain West teams and then UConn. All of them are at home. Uh I'm really interested to see. I think they beat UConn, but I'm interested to see what they look like against Maryland and then obviously Iowa. And then as, as this kind of like rolls through how, you know, how the season kind of rolls out, I'm really intrigued to see what they do with the quarterbacks. A lot of people... They think having uh, two quarterbacks is a bad thing. I think with these two, it can make a lot of sense. Uh, both of them bring very unique talents, and uh, I'm excited to see. I mean, I like I said, I think they beat UConn. I'm more intrigued once we get into Big Ten play to see how that kind of rolls out. So, uh, thank you guys for supporting this podcast. Obviously, uh, we're we're uh, members of the Woos Media family. Be sure to follow all of them as well, and continue to look for updates. Smash that subscribe button. 
here at the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. Uh, we want to continue to grow our numbers and uh, the subscribers tell us where we're at, uh, where you guys are located, and how to get to you guys better. And then uh, now we can reach out reach out to us on Twitter. Send us a DM. If you guys have questions, again, this is your guys' um, podcast. I love when people send in questions that we can answer, we can talk about. Uh, and maybe there's a couple of broken Nebraska fans that want to talk about uh, maybe, you know, who could be some replacements for Scott Frost, who I like, who I see. Um, personally, I really like the coach, Coach Cadwell, um, out of Coastal Carolina. I don't know if you could get him because I know he did sign a pretty big deal there. Uh, but I think you go down to, to, to him and you you give him a check. You say, right, write the amount. I think he's done uh, a really good job there and has actually had success, not just a one-off year. Uh, there's a lot of other guys out there. And then there's even some coordinators. Uh, I know, I think at one point, Josh Gaddis might might get a coordinator job. Uh, and you look at t- people like uh, Manny Diaz at Penn State, who had a job, uh, maybe he would be better at Nebraska versus Miami. Those kinds of people. We can kind of break it down, our favorite coaching hires, if you guys want. Be sure to reach out to us um, at Big Ten Pod, and we will be happy to answer any and all of your questions. Uh, you guys are awesome. Continue to have a wonderful week. Until the next time, which will be our preview of week three, have a great time. Stay safe out there.